In two weekends, I will be in the north of England, in Darsbury, between Manchester and Liverpool to attend Creamfields. Sorry, what did you say? You don't know what Creamfields is? Well, you're not to blame. Stay tuned and I'll tell you exactly what this is. So to those DJs that think you're the greatest, just stop looking, listen, cause you haven't heard the link. This is IS23 coming back with another podcast again. We've been a little bit away as uh, uh, usually we're busy with summer. And I'm here really to talk about uh, Creamfields this time round. It's happening again. It's this time of the year, end of August, bank holiday weekend. Creamfields is celebrating actually its 20th anniversary. Yes, it's been around so long. If you remember, EDC celebrated its 20th anniversary last year and Ultra is celebrating next year. So it's been really it's one of the leading or remaining old festivals dance music today however what i'm going to talk about today is a little bit of criticism about why creamfields is not as well known as perhaps it should have been so there are about 12 points that i gathered and i want to talk to you about and i'm gonna break them down one has to do only with the locality so where is it based at and where is it held and all the other really managerial or strategic decisions that, in my opinion, do not allow Creamfields to become as prominent as, it's, as it could have been. So, to start with the locality. Well, it's held in the UK, in the north of England, so in England, between Manchester and Liverpool, as I said. And I'm afraid to say the dance scene in the UK these days is actually in a winning mode. Dance music is not as popular as 30 years ago when this island actually produced the rave scene when Polo came for went to Ibiza and then came back to London and started everything. Uh, this is unfortunate but this is reality and as such Creamfields caters to the locals and as such it doesn't gather as much attention uh, as possible. Of course, there's uh, another reason which is attached to that, which is a, a consequence of that, because it attracts only a British crowd. I'm afraid to say a lot of uh, that crowd is out there to have a drink and get drunk rather than enjoy the music. And this comes in contrast, for example, if you've ever been to an American EDM festival or in particular EDC where people are out there to just dance and have fun and enjoy each other and connect with each other. And I do have many British friends who don't actually go to any British festivals anymore because of that reason. And I do remember last year in EDC UK when uh, a, a fight just started uh, on the back of the field when Dimitris Vegas and Like Mike were finishing this uh, show and it's actually sad to see that. Unfortunately, this is the situation and cannot be helped and uh, perhaps the vibes are not as uh, amazing as in other festivals for example Tomorrowland involves uh, as well a lot of drinking because a lot of Central Europeans do attend but because of the general vibe and the unity and love um, that is projected uh, you don't actually see fights, you don't see a lot of uh, aggression there I'm afraid this is a reality and at the moment it can't really change Moving on from that, there are some other factors, as I said, that have to do with uh, managerial decisions or strategic planning. Number three is the timing. So, 
As I said, it's held at the end of uh, the August, uh, August every year. And this is a bank holiday for Britain, meaning that uh, people are having a long weekend. They don't have to go to work on Monday, which is perfect to actually hold the festival. However, if you think it on an annual, from an annual calendar point of view, this is the end of the summer season. Most people actually have now returned to work at the end of August. They don't look to go out to parties. So it's a little bit unfortunate, the timing. Of course, there's no other bank holiday during the summer in Britain. And therefore, this is the best time to, to, to hold it. And I would agree with that. But if you see it on a more global scale, uh, I don't think anybody would just leave work now to come to Britain just for that. The location is another one. As I said, it's held in the north of England between Manchester and Liverpool. They're both big international cities with international airports and they're easy to reach. But it would be it is much more difficult to reach it by car, for example, um, if you live in France or, or Belgium or Netherlands because you have to reach London and then you have to drive all the way another five hours up to the north of England. There would be a choice of course to be held uh, at the south. For example, when it started in 1998 it was uh, held in the south of England um, in Winchester. Uh, however, on that particular bank holiday weekend you have festivals all over London, for example SW4 which is a, a big electronic dance music festival and therefore from our point of view it's not ideal number five i would say it's the general arrogance that is portrayed so creamfields is uh, is uh, labeling themselves as the world's leading dance music festival i would say that uh, to claim this uh, in 2017 you're probably a little bit out of touch Perhaps it was the world's leading dance music festival back in the days, but things have changed. Uh, the gravitas of EDM has moved either to the States or to Central Europe these days in Netherlands. And I don't think the UK holds that particular, uh, doesn't have a particular stronghold anymore in, in, in pulling the strings of EDM. Uh, I don't think you can call yourself the leading dance music uh, festival unless you can prove yourself to uh, be that and I will come into detail in the other points so for example this is uh, a they don't actually publicize the timetable now contrast this with any other American idiom festival where the Panthers or the Ravers they know well in advance who's gonna play where and when because there's actually something that's called a nap and people can download an application on their phone and they can actually plan to go plan their attendance, who they want to see and when. Now you think I'm exaggerating, but this is actually the situation. The timetable is not publicized. And one will wonder why. You have Tomorrowland who goes out and, and broadcasts or streams every almost, you know, the majority of the shows well in ahead. They put out a trailer in YouTube and they say, what are you going to do this weekend? You should be watching Tomorrowland broadcasts. They actually want you to engage with a brand, whether you're actually on site on Tomorrowland or whether you're at home. They want you to keep you occupied and engaged. And this is what I call good strategy to keep the people occupied with your brand and engage them and involve them. When you actually do not know what the timetable is and you enter the fields, guess what happens? They sell you a lanyard that has the 
the schedule for eight pounds now i understand that all the festivals are business and they have to be business in order to expand and and do those amazing live shows and and pyrotechnics and bring all these artists but for god's sake eight pounds for a lanyard don't you think you could actually make more money if you make your brand iconic and therefore you attract more people and more people want to come to you and buy other products rather than actually sell them eight pounds a lanyard, lanyard for a schedule that should be available for free or on an app another point number seven the ticket so the ticket really is a plain paper and i do not exaggerate it's just a plain paper it has no value whatsoever it may have uh, emotional value for you that you attended but it doesn't have an intrinsic value as such and contrast this with um, the tickets from Tomorrowland or EDC so EDC uh, gives you a box with uh, goodies with a booklet there with fantastic photographs and uh, stickers and, and it's just a great uh, thing to keep on your bookcase and Tomorrowland goes even further and produces these amazing boxes which are, most of them are work of art and they also correlate with a the theme and I'll come to that later but uh, Creamfields does none of that even Ultra that produces a single ticket well that ticket is a hologram at least it's a little bit uh, glossy and uh, glamorous let's put it this way so Creamfields just gives you a piece of paper it's just so plain and coming to point number eight it's about identity and branding. So when I tell you about EDC Las Vegas, you just think of an owl, don't you? It just comes to your mind, an owl, a night owl. There is a meaning behind it, why the owl is the symbol of EDC and it has to do with Pasquale Rotella and everything. I'm not going to go into this. The same goes with Tomorrowland. Perhaps they don't have a symbol as such, although they do have those butterflies with the eye in the middle. But every year they have a different theme and everything around that is revolving around that theme that they've chosen from the ticket to uh, the guests to the design of the stages etc etc. In Creamfields it's more or less like Ultra. There's nothing. Um, it's just a plain festival that um, could have happened in any part of the world, any part of the year, by anyone who just had the budget to do it. So there's no branding, there's no identity, there's not the extra design there on the background that will make people, that will make your festival iconic. And this is what makes people cross borders and take planes and take ships and come to festivals like EDC and Tomorrowland. It's the fact that they're iconic. Because in old school, Creamfields would have been an amazing festival, and it was an amazing festival. People went out there just to dance and listen to the latest music and just have fun. From that point of view, I think it fulfills that purpose. But in new school, in 2017, everybody is looking for an experience. They're just looking for something to hold on to, to, some, to make some memories. And Unfortunately, Creamfields, you're not making people any memories, even though you'd like to, okay? It's not the same, and 
You should really go and visit EDC in Tomorrowland and see how they do it. I'm sure you've seen videos. The festival is forgettable. It's, it's great in its execution, but it is forgettable. As I say, it could have happened anywhere in the world, any time of the year. Point number nine is the production. It ties um, with my earlier point about branding. So the stages, great stages, huge video walls. They've made uh, great strides lately with a steel yard production. But again, it's nothing to, to, to die for. Again, they could happen anywhere in the world. Um, you could see them in other festivals. It's just a matter of uh, let's uh, throw some money and make bigger video walls and, and pyrotechnics. Point number 10. How do you treat your customers? So let me tell you something. Toilets is a good indication of how you treat your customers. And the toilets are in, in Creamfields are horrendous. They're not cleaned often enough or they're not as many as they should have been. Last year, I think they brought these VIP toilets where you pay £5 to get in and, and have a number two in a, a luxurious setting. And that's great. I don't understand why you should not extend this facility to all the customers. This is something, for example, that Tomorrowland does superbly. They pay attention to these small details, even though they're a huge festival. They don't have to. People go there no matter what. The last two points are, are kind of personal uh, grunges, and I'm having a beef with uh, Creamfields about them. Number 11, allow you to record. This is quite similar uh, to customer care. So when uh, Creamfields held the steel yard on, in March, I think on April, with Eric Preetz, where he debuted his Epic 5.0 show in London, I turned up with my GoPro to record things and they stopped me. When I said to them that uh, I had already a tweet from Creamfields that this was um, allowed, it just took them about half an hour to communicate to their managers and find out whether that was a true tweet or not and whether that was from the media side of Creamfields and whether that was allowed because that was actually a steel yard and not Creamfields that was holding the events and so and so it was going on. And even when they allowed me through after having stopped all the other pool buggers, uh, not allowing them the GoPros in, when I went to the arena, there was another security officer who said, this is my turf and I'm not allowing you to do so. Even though I asked him to go out and ask the other security guys, they said, this is my turf. Now, contrast this with Tomorrowland, or EDC for that matter. Tomorrowland says to you, come with everything you have, take pictures and videos and everything, just disseminate that, share in every fucking social media you can. And this is why they become so popular, because everybody does that and therefore the word spreads around. What do you have Creamfields to hide? Why do you do this? This is just so silly. I know I didn't, I didn't never had problem in the main Creamfields arena, but the Ep, uh, Ep, Eric Pritz show was actually organized by you guys. It was a steel yard event and uh, that should have been clear. What do you have to hide? It's 2017. What do you have against a GoPro? Really, the iPhone 7 takes a better picture or video than the GoPro. So for fuck's sake, wake up to reality. My final and 12th point. Restricting Friday to camping ticket holders only. Yes, you've heard that right. So you managed to bring a huge name that didn't appear neither on EDC, 
nor Ultra, nor Tomorrowland in 2017. They're called the Chainsmokers. They've won Grammys and they have sold more than anybody in the US. They're a huge name. You will have thought that if you want to make money, you will have opened your doors to as many people as possible or as allowed to and allow them to see uh, the Chainsmokers. What do you do? You restrict them to the camping ticket holders only. So Friday is restricted only to camping ticket holders. Can you actually comprehend this? Because I can't. I do not understand the logic behind it and what are they trying to achieve. They're trying to reduce the people and then they're thinking as to why the worldwide press doesn't really care about Greenfields or doesn't care as much as they should have had. This is exactly why. These are strategic decisions that have nothing to do with the timing of the locality. You're just shooting yourself in the food Greenfields. Please wake up, smell the roses, it's 2017, it's time to change if you want to survive. You're still holding the flag up for the British dance music festivals. We want you to be better because we want you to be the best festival in the world. So please listen to these things, listen to the people complaining and make some changes. So this is the end of my rant on IS23. Uh, for the Freak Beats EDM podcast. I don't know if you are new listeners or old listeners. Uh, I don't know whether you're listening from, from iTunes or from any other podcast app. Uh, you should know that all the shows, including the ones that you can't find on the podcast app or iTunes, are uploaded on YouTube. So if you uh, look into YouTube on uh, our channel with the same name, Freak Beats EDM podcast, you'll find all the shows from... Uh, last October 2016 where we started criticizing uh, the DJ Mag Top 100 Awards and we will do this again in a future episode shortly. Uh, so this is me, I hope you enjoyed. If you do find this content enjoyable, it's quite different than any other podcast out there about EDM. We don't just uh, uh, repeat press releases, we don't just uh, have a DJ mix. We just want you to engage people in conversation because we like this scene. We're part of this scene for quite a long time and we do care and we want it to continue. So if you do feel the same as us, then why don't you press the subscribe button? And perhaps if you know somebody who would have liked the content, perhaps you could tell them to listen to us as well and therefore spread the message. This is Ice23 signing out.